You are now listening to the Random Black Person in Canada podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about multi-citizenships. time of the year where it starts to get a little bit warmer a little less snow and i say a little less because snow is not completely gone for whatever reason we still get you know flurries and freezing rain every once in a while and uh well you know it's that time of the year where you know it can be really warm it can be really cold it can be just what the hell just happened in the same day you know you don't know what whether you're gonna get so we're in that season fully in canada and i wish you all the best as we go along Interesting notes this week. So the Liberal government, who is in power with, you know, Justin Trudeau, signed a deal with the New Democrats, which is another left-leaning party in Canada, essentially guaranteeing Trudeau's government is in power till 2025. So that's another three years of Trudeau pretty much guaranteed at this point. Because with the two of them together, um, there is no way there's going to be a vote of confidence that goes against the Liberals. And so the conservatives cannot call an election seen as liberals and NDP already have enough votes to squash any call for an election anytime soon. Fun times. Now, that puts Trudeau to be in power for over for 10 years, I guess, because 2015, I think, was when he first came in. So um, that's kind of interesting. Um, he also was in Europe and pretty much got um, some distasteful information thrown in his face because of the freedom convoy situation in ottawa uh fortunately unfortunately um it tells you that anything that happens around the world is global so for all the stuff that happened in ottawa the europeans got wind of it and of course said he was a dictator because he pretty much squashed freedom of speech and i say freedom of speech with air quotes and i know you cannot see me but that really happened understanding of course that there was a lot of context behind what happened in ottawa and for the most part, the mandates have actually been lifted over time. And, you know, it is what it is. On to this week's topic. I've been thinking more and more about international behavior, about citizenship of multiple countries, in part because, you know, the World Cup is coming. And as you can imagine, this is when a lot of countries start to think about, you know, their place in the World Cup, qualifying ETC, ETC. Now, I'm a citizen of Canada and a citizen of Nigeria combined. So for me, I start to think a lot about, you know, my two countries as they qualify for the World Cup. And it got me, you know, in a place where I started to realize that whether knowingly or unknowingly, achieving a Canadian passport, or at least citizenship, I should say, was a long-term plan for me because I always felt that Nigeria wasn't, you know, doing the needful. And... The more I think about it, I think a bunch of people consciously or unconsciously make plans on how they want to align with certain countries or certain citizenships. There are a bunch of reasons why you obviously want to think about them, but I'm just going to highlight a few that come to my mind and maybe it might help your framework as you think about countries you want to join, align with, or maybe aspire to. The first factor you might consider when you're thinking about, you know, 
becoming a citizen or immigrating or whatever, of course, is the immigration policies that they have, right? If you are joining whatever country or trying to move to whatever country, of course you have to think about how easy it is to achieve their citizenship. A number of people obviously have gone to the UK, in part because, you know, Nigeria, UK, colonial relationship. Some people have gone to the US, again, because, you know, US is the typical dream of every immigrant. You go to the US, this big land of opportunity, ETC, ETC. Some people have tried out Australia, you know, because they just wanted, wanted to get away from all their problems. They want to stay with an English-speaking country. And of course, the popular one and in vogue one now is Canada. Canada has always had very wonderful immigration policies. So when you think about those paths, you know, some places are easier than others. Canada is one of the easier ones in terms of timelines becoming a citizen, in terms of the path to citizenship is very, very straightforward. So I always recommend Canada for that reason. The other thing you may then think about, of course, is the economic prospects and maybe to some degree tax implications of joining that country. The, let's start with you know tax reasons. Some countries will give you, um, when you become a citizen, will force you to pay taxes regardless of wherever you are in the world. And of course, the big one is the United States. So the US, regardless of where you reside in the world, will force you to contribute taxes regardless of where you live, okay? So you're a US citizen, you must pay taxes on your worldwide income, point blank, period, um, wherever you are in the world. Some other countries, most of the countries I should say, um, tax you based on where your income is from or where you reside. So if you're a Canadian citizen and you're not getting any income from Canada, you're not getting, doing any business in Canada, then of course Canada will leave you alone and you can go about your business being a citizen just fine. The other thing too, of course, is typically if you are applying for citizenship or trying to become a citizen of another country, typically you're trying to live there. But that may not always be the case. Some countries, because of their citizenship, will not tax their citizens. Of course, this is when we talk about you know the Middle Eastern countries, some countries in the Caribbean, things like that. Um, some of them will only tax your business, for example. So you want to think about that piece as well um, as you think about citizenship. Canada, of course, I've already touched on. Um, only if you reside here will they tax you. If you go away, you just declare that you're a non-resident of Canada, but still a citizen. So tax residency versus being, um, you know, a resident matters in Canadian context. And of course, I'm going to use Canada because I knew a little bit about that. Then the key one that a lot of people think about when they are doing, you know, immigration, especially when you're an older person and trying to become a citizen or whatever, is the travel reason, right? Like a bunch of countries allow you to travel pretty much without visas because, you know, the country has great relationships with a bunch of countries, things like that. So I'll give you a classic example. Nigeria, for example, versus Canada. So with my Canadian passports, I am able to travel to a bunch of countries visa-free relatively. The cool thing was, even just by getting permanent residence of Canada, I was able to travel to some countries as though I was a Canadian, Okay. So that was also helpful. Of course, it fully got unlocked. You know, we achieved a new level simply by having the passport entirely. So I don't have to deal with a bunch of stuff. But PR, for example, allowed me to get a US citizenship for 10 years. Whereas if I was Nigerian, I was just applying for a US uh, visa directly. It would have taken a lot more work and a lot more difficult. But, you know, once you get Canadian permanent residence, it's just that much easier to go to the US. I remember also going to, I believe, the Bahamas with my Canadian PR and I could just cross when I did the same thing, um, you know, later on with the Canadian passport going to Jamaica, it felt significantly different. 
just very easy, very straightforward. Don't even think about visa. Do you understand how freeing that was? The one that pisses me off the most, though, on this travel topic is traveling to African countries. Now, within West Africa, having a Nigerian passport is more advantageous because ECOWAS, right? So a bunch of countries within ECOWAS allow each other to move on fettered. You can relocate, you can do whatever you want. So I could, for example, easily go back to Nigeria and Nigerian passport, go to Ghana, go to you know Senegal, ETC, ETC, ETC. But South Africa, on the other hand, I can go to South Africa on my Canadian passport visa free, both my Nigerian passports, I have to apply for a visa. So you see how like that is just like the weirdest thing. But again, it is what it is. That's kind of how, you know, politics in Africa works. I don't know why for whatever reason Nigeria and South Africa have not just resolved the, you know, need for visas and the pain and things like that. Like, because you guys already do so much business together. There's so many people who, you know, so many southern companies that come to Nigeria. There's so many Nigerians that go to do business in South Africa. It just makes sense for these two guys to just make it easy. But as of the time of recording, as a Nigerian, you need a visa to go to South Africa. But as a Canadian, I can just show up unannounced and walk right in for 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just, anyways. Then, of course, you know, if, <laughs> if you're looking for, you know, political reasons to do stuff, which we've already touched on somewhat slightly, but, you know, say you want to, I don't know, do anything politically, office, you know, you're related to someone who is an elected official, then, of course, citizenship and your alignment can affect you or, you know, and, you know things like that. Um, there are some countries that require only citizens to, you know, and typically most countries have citizenship only. So if you're, a, if you're a Nigerian and you wanted to make change in Canada, you cannot do it unless you're a citizen. You can volunteer, you can do whatever you want, but you cannot, you know, be part of the political process. So sometimes you might just want to live somewhere just to live there. So for example, Chinese people and, you know, Indians, their countries require that that is the only citizenship you hold. If you have multiple, you have to renounce your Chinese one or your Indian one, for example, unless, you know. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what it is. You cannot hold others unless they don't know, and I'm not sure how they would not know, but if you join another country as a citizen, you have to renounce the other. There are only a few countries that allow, you know, dual citizenship. Some countries do not. So I've already touched on that. For example, China and India typically do not allow dual or any others. So things like that uh, you think about. So if you're just trying to be a permanent resident and you just want to reside somewhere else, then of course it does not matter what your other country is. You just want to be a permanent resident and just chill. Green card, of course, in the US's case. But if you want to be part of the political process, then you know going all the way and becoming a citizen becomes paramount. Of course, sporting reasons, you know, and if it affects your job, that could, you know, be a reason. You know, for example, um, a lot of US athletes are from other countries. A lot of French, for example, national team soccer players are from other countries. And sometimes those players go back and join other countries because they want to be represented or they want to play at a national level. So if you are, if you are some kind of, you know, superstar athlete, then of course it makes sense to become a citizen of another country so that you can play. Of course, that is subject to whatever um, athletic bodies rules there are. So FIFA, for example, will say you cannot switch if you've already played at the national level at a competitive game. So if you're a Nigerian and you've played for, for example, England at a competitive international game, for example, Euros or whatever, you can no longer switch. But if you've gone for only like a friendly and you're on the bench, then you can still switch over to Nigeria. So things like that come into mind as you go along. Now, a lot of these things and factors that I'm you know, touching on 
will start to become more apparent as you get older in life, right? Because you want to go where you are treated best. You want to go where you feel comfortable. You want to go where you can put down roots in long term. And these kinds of things are now starting to come to mind for me. And I feel like such an old person thinking about these kinds of things sometimes. But it's one of those things where I just realized, man, Omo, we're getting old. And we cannot keep acting like we're children anymore. You know what I mean? So you start to think about more adultly things, like things like this. But anyways, let's move on. So healthcare, you know, just touching on that old age thing. As it gets older, these are the kind of things you start to think about. How can you um, get the best healthcare and access? Um, Canadians, of course, um, coming back to Canada can get a, a different sort of healthcare than being in the US. However, some other treatments are faster in the US. You know, so things like that, you start to think about where's your job, where's where's your healthcare, where's your healthcare provider, where's your dental care provider. Those kinds of things start to become a thing. And I know, for example, um, and this leads into the next one, where family matters. Um, if you're trying to give better kids and you're thinking about where <laughs> where you want to take that, you know, pregnancy scenario, what countries do you want to do it in? What country gives you citizenship by birth? Um these kinds of things start to weigh on your mind. And I remember when I was younger and a number of people were like, oh, you know, they were, they were born outside Nigeria. And I didn't, I didn't get why. Like, okay. Like in my own mind, I'm like, okay, so you're a janded baby or, you know, you're a Yankee baby. Cool. Like <laughs> what does, what difference does that make? And as I've got to know that I'm starting to say that it makes a difference because as you know, education can be based on where you reside and the country you're from paying international fees blood of Jesus. I cannot imagine. <laughs> Personally, after, and I told on this before, I cannot imagine myself paying the kind of international fees that were paid on my own head. I cannot imagine it now, you know? Um, you know, I'm thinking, I've talked about it where I'm thankful I didn't get student loans early. I did take them on later on for my master's. But I cannot imagine now having to pay international fees for children. But I, I know I'm probably going to do that as, at some point. But I think about that a lot where it's like, boy, oh boy, if I was a Canadian citizen, my life would be significantly easier. Things would be so much cheaper. Maybe I don't even have to work while I was in school. But anyways, you know, that's a pipe dream. It's all, I can't change it now. It is what it is. But we move on for the next generation. So things like this just start to come to my mind. Um, how, you know, the next people after me might benefit from being Canadian. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just like, they didn't want to go to school. And at that point, it would be a mute, <laughs> it'd be a mute point, you know? But anyways, um, these are the kind of things that, you know, moving and becoming a citizen for another country matters, especially if you have that exploratory spirit and you're one of those where you want to try a different country or you want to try living in a different location. Um, having citizenship and your strategy behind what country you want to align with could really matter. If you think about maybe where you want to live long-term, where you want to be based out of, what countries have tax treaties with one another, that could be a thing. You know, what countries are aligning with each other. If you think about the way COVID has changed the way we work and how we live, where you could work remotely. Imagine being a citizen of a very, very warm, warm country, right? You know, like for example, working out of the Caribbean and having to worry about your tax treaty with whatever country. You could also easily work from a cold country and only move in the winter. That could be something else. You know, there's a popular term snowbirds in Canada where they only live in Canada during the warm months. And once it gets cold, they're flying south for the winter. Could be Florida easily. Could be, you know, the Caribbean, St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos. You could easily be one of those. 
But again, the citizen and the country you and the passports you hold could affect that strategy very, very easily. Buying real estate as a certain, as a certain citizen could be more difficult than the other. So for me, it's just an interesting thing I'm trying to think about as I'm getting, you know, older and I think about making certain moves because now, I mean, don't get me wrong, now I'm already a Canadian citizen. So it's already straightforward for me where it's like, whatever Canada is doing is pretty much done for me and it's set, set and match for me. But for anyone else who's considering maybe coming to Canada or considering moving anywhere else, trying to become a Canadian, uh, US citizen, um, you know, people you marry, if your partner is from another country, that's something you want to think about, you know? If you're marrying a, a US citizen, by default, you could get a green card. And if you are on a green card long enough, maybe you might be invited to become a citizen. Do you want to become a citizen if you don't plan to live in the US? Maybe you don't because then worldwide taxes. Maybe you don't because healthcare and you'd rather be from Canada. Canada already has better, in my opinion anyways, better healthcare. Um, but some, in some areas, US healthcare is better and you don't have to be a citizen for that. You know, So things like that, do you take the ultimate step of moving from just being a green card holder to a citizen? That's something you think about, you know? But keep in mind, if you are a citizen of some of these useful countries, and I say useful, we're talking about Canada. If you are in a pinch, you know that your government is working. I had a friend of mine who went to Japan one time and he had just got his Canadian citizenship and there was, I think it's a typhoon in Japan. He did not have his passport, okay? All he had, I think he had scanned his uh, citizenship certificate. He just went to the uh, embassy of Canada. Hey, I'm trying to go home. And the embassy in Canada, the, embassy, the Canadian embassy did the needful. Gave him a, you know, a temporary travel document. He used that for one trip to Canada and that was that solved back home immediately. Can't say the same for Nigeria, bruv. If you're in a typhoon, <laughs> if Nigeria, I'm telling you, like Nigerian government does some very interesting things. Um, some very interesting experiences. We're talking about like, as of the time of recording, some people try to go to the Nigerian embassy to get a passport and uh, they were told that the passport paper wasn't available and they had to wait for someone from Abuja, who the capital of Nigeria, for passport paper so they couldn't get their passport. Like, you think about things like that, I'm just like, what does that even mean? Anyways, I'm not here to talk about Nigeria. My point here is, think about your strategy. Um, if you do, if you're living in Canada right now and you're listening to me, maybe you don't particularly care to become a citizen of Canada because you're okay and your other country is fine. Maybe you do care and you're a Canadian citizen. Just realize there's a lot more that comes with it. And there's benefits to it, of course. I'm a Canadian citizen. Fully recommend 100. <laughs> 10 out of 10, I recommend. Do it if you <laughs> if you have one of those other passports. But if you're not fully, you know, if it's not fully doing you, then of course do not do it. It may not be worth it in your scenario. But for me, I think it's worth it. I think it's great to have two passports I can just whip out at any time. It gives me pretty much coverage of all, if not most countries that I want to go to, the countries I don't have coverage for, I'll probably survive anyways. I've been paying for visas all my life, so it's nothing new. Um, but yeah, I'll catch you in the next one. Um, may your passwords be the color you like, and I wish you all the best. Peace.